<sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Wait, a naked cat? He's a hairless cat. His name is Arigato. Um, And he's a sphinx cat. And he's basically, he's like a dog. And he, you have to wash him once a week. And what they, so I was like, I want to see him for his bath. So they like put coconut oil, then they have to wash him with like a special hand scrubber. And then they put more coconut oil on him. But this cat is like, he's like a little dog. It's unbelievable. He, and so I brought over Ziggy, which I have a little French bulldog, and they played for hours. It was one of the most, adorable things there is literally nothing more joyful they were they were in love with each other <laughs> it was so funny it's a beautiful story for these times too it was like milo and otis mm-hmm. you know um uh miguel and i decided that they were gonna have a little rocket ship that they would both get in and like you know go on an adventure together <laughs> like, and ziggy's sort of the dumb one and um ari's a little bit more of it was like pinky He's in the, the brain. He's a mad scientist. Yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah. <laughs> you know, not to be a downer, but many of the dogs and many of the cats died during the filming of Milo and Otis. <laughs> you had to do that. You had to go there. Hey guys. Welcome to Sidework Podcast. I'm your host, Andrea Wallace. I'm Kyle June Williams. And sitting in again is your favorite guest, James Dunn. We also have, we got Brian uh, Lucas over here. Hello, hello. Helping out today. DJ Lucas. All good, all good. Kyle's feeling better. I am. I am. I'm back from the dead. She has risen. (laughs) Um, I had the pneumones, pneumonia. It was that's rough. Three weeks, man, took me down. That is tough. Took me down. But so the day I it, the day I found out that I had pneumonia was my birthday. Um, and Miguel, who's our guest, uh, took me to urgent care, and I was extremely sick. And when I was like hooked up to an IV and everything, he was. He put on Now and Then on his phone because it's on Netflix right now. Which is a 1990s movie, uh, coming of age, about four it's, females. It's mm-hmm. excellent. I don't, have you not seen it? I haven't seen it, but... I charge you to see it. I will if it's, it's on Netflix. It's wonderful. I'll, I'll put it on. Young Gabby but, Hoffman. So, yeah. So it's four young girls, and it's like Thora Birch, Gabby Hoffman, I can't remember, and Christina Ricci. Christina Ricci, and, and then, then another a, one. And then another one. So we get home. We continue, like, he t- uh, later on... We spent all day there, and then we continued to watch now and then. And we were like, what's happened to Chrissy? Where did Chrissy go? And Miguel wikipedia it. Chrissy died at 26 of pneumonia. Oh, oh my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> 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 oh my God. <laughs> I was going to say that. Didn't that she died? Yeah. I didn't know pneumonia. But. She died of the pneumones. I can consume TV every day, all day. I'm I love I grew up watching TV. It's 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 my comfort zone. I was sick of TV. 
Like it takes a lot. I even told her she could watch Designing Women on Hulu. And now. I was like, I can't even. I I'm so fucking sick. Not even a sugar biker. She was just, help her. She, at this point, she was just watching the last petal of the rose beside her bed, like <laughs> wave back. When the last the- petal drops on your birthday. Well, um, you know you've reached like a, a a level of no return when you've watched an entire season of Little Women L.A. Yeah. <laughs> Which do you know about Little Women L.A. Guys, are you aware of? this i just it's, knew i was incredible. like oh like oh we're talking about the like the new going little women turns it's like out real housewives mm-hmm. without the money and they're dwarves <laughs> or little people they're little they're people. little people right i know wow. is that no 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 it's that's okay it. no that's okay. right that's not, yeah, that's dwarfs a, is acceptable yeah it is, is okay it? Yeah. i don't want to but here they also have all these medical conditions because they're they're little so it's like and they're not small it's like they have to like straighten their legs like gattaca or like get their spinal cord fused. Yet every episode, these monsters of producers are like, "Today you're gonna go dirt biking." <laughs> um, I remember once. <laughs> go ahead, sorry. No, it and and inevitably one falls <laughs> off the bike, and it's bad. <laughs> And it's bad. It's really bad. And they fight a lot, physically fight each other. It's, I have to say, guys, it's... If you're going to have a deathbed show, yeah, <laughs> Little Women LA is the way to do it, is what Kyle's saying. They're so mean to each other. It reminds They're so vicious. They're all so broke, too. And they may, like, it's a whole, like, they marry average-sized men, and they're horrible. Like, it's just... We of all people should be there for each other. Like, <laughs> <laughs> what are we doing? They just turn on each other at the drop of a dime. It reminds me, there was a show, it was like one of those celebrity, um, I don't know, reality shows, but Vern Troyer was on it. God, yes, God yes, rest his soul. Celebrity House or something. something. I, I watched that where he pees. Yeah. Oh, that was like the one with Flavor Flav. He gets Flav. so drunk. Oh, and... yeah. He had a hardcore drinking problem. Yeah, yeah. Wasn't but he, he just like, was like Peter, somebody's Peter Brady bag was or something. Something. He kept peeing. But there was this one scene where he had to ride a horse and his, and it just, it hurt him so bad. And he was like, this hurts. And he, they just kept him on the horse. And then for the rest of the episode, he's like, I really think I ruined my body riding that horse. And I was like, don't put the guy on a horse. Even before they put him, anyway, they put him on there and he said, I don't think I can ride a horse. My legs don't go like that. And it was just, I was like, you poor guy, just get well, on your scooter and You know that they're all sitting go. in that, that like room with all the TVs and there are all these young, exhausted producers. And they're like... All right, what can we do to meddle with people's lives? I'll tell you what. And and ruin their bodies. Put that fucking mini me on a horse. Hey guys, it's time for this week's edition of Server Submitted Stories. So this service submitted story is from at mgordon89. That's E-M-G-O-R-D-O-N. 89. Hi, ladies. You asked for more service submitted stories, so here's a doozy for you. It's another one about people arguing about who's going to pay. Oh, God. This boils my blood every time. Um, I work at a casual fine dining restaurant in Virginia. Our clientele is basically rich, old, white people. Some of them are great. Most of them I want to ignore me as much as possible until they leave. A couple weeks ago, I had... A three top consisting of an older couple, probably made 60s, and a middle-aged woman. My coworker informed me that when she sat the table, the man expressed that he wanted to pay for the bill, and so it should only go to him. Sure, whatever, old white man, you can prove how big your dick is by paying the bill. (laughs) O.M. Gordon. However, once they ordered, the middle-aged woman slipped me her credit card. As with most servers, my rule is whoever gets me the first money wins. I agree with that. After their meal, I run her card and go to hand her the bill. The old white man snatches the bill out of my hand before I can give it to her, not realizing I had already run her credit card. Once he realized that she paid, he proceeds to yell at me in the middle of the dining room. He yells about how he's a local. He's never been treated this way, how unprofessional I am. And this is unacceptable that he will be speaking to my manager. Meanwhile, his wife is laughing at him, trying to get him to calm down. (laughs) 
I put both of my hands in front of me in a calming gesture and said, sir, I'm sorry that I have upset you. That was not my intention. However, she got me the money first and it's my personal rule. He repeats that he's going to talk to my manager. I tell him that he's more than welcome to and walks away. I, while laughing, tell my boss what happened and thankfully he thinks it's hilarious. About 10 minutes later, I'm filling water bottles. The man come up, comes up to me rather sheepishly and apologizes for his behavior. We have a nice chat and he left, apparently never speaking to my manager. Thank God for his wife, I suppose. Thanks for the pod ladies. Y'all rock, Emily. By the way, uh, hello, white male misogynistic privilege. Yeah, it's, it's. I want a napkin roll, you, you piece of shit. Oh, I mean, no, I'm sorry. <laughs> I just. He did say he was sorry. Yeah, but it's it's the gall. But after he was put in check, yeah. Right. I just look. It's like if that's the game they're gonna play, you just have to be like, you got me this time. I'll get you next time. I think we should be allowed to mace with your customers yeah. if they do that. Also, what the fuck does ha- is being local have anything to do with anything? It's it, right. it's it. No, he basically said, "Hi, I'm a white man. I'm a white man. I'm a white man, and I'm a white man. I'm a white man." Um, and his friends who paid, who thought they were doing something nice, they've just got to like want to crawl under the table at that point. I, although I, I, I would have been like, okay, um, void this charge and let him pay then. If I had been his, I'd charge him twice. Yeah, yeah. If he's gonna embarrass me in front of the entire restaurant for paying for his dinner, go ahead. Exactly. Or you do this. You say, "Look, I'm sorry. Something happened. Here's a free dessert." No. no, 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 no. Well, and let then you me shit finish. in it. Yes. No, you put poison in it. Oh, good. Okay. Thank <laughs> and you. they die before they can even get their car started. I just think that. And then you take the, the his credit card, and you go and you run it up. You just buy Lamborghinis. <laughs> oh, Does this Lamborghinis. make you feel better, sir? <laughs> I don't know. That guy's local. He can't afford that. <laughs> the story comes from at Welby underscore C. Hey, ladies. I love the podcast and find myself laughing hysterically much of the time. I can relate. I worked as a server slash bartender for over 15 years. At one point, I worked at a rather fancy fine dining private club on a university campus. This was in 2006 in small prairie Canada, much like I imagine Omaha. A lot of small town mentality, but more culture than people give it credit for. We were a popular venue for weddings, and one couple specifically requested dairy-free panna cotta. This was before oat milk and almond milk, and our our chefs spent weeks making terrible white gelatin for us to try while raging about the idiocy. They had to make 75 of these monstrosities when there is an entire world of dairy-free desserts. One of the stupidest things a customer has ever requested. Thanks and Godspeed and good tips. That is really tough to do. Like, panna cotta is a very it's, specific... It's got a, a creamy delight, I know, Kyle. I was going to say, it's got a texture to it that I just don't think oat milk would... You maybe could achieve it. Oat milk maybe could achieve it, but I or maybe like a coconut yogurt, or so you'd have to make it so creamy. That's the point of panna cotta is it's like made with heavy cream. Mm. But also, take a look around. This is the world we live in now. <laughs> <laughs> I know. But she's saying it's like before any of that. That's was... true. And I also I, I should say I I didn't misread it, but I should have read it this way, which is how it is written. One couple specifically requested dairy-free panna cotta exclamation <laughs> point. Um, so I messed that up. I mean, I feel like in 2006, you were lucky if you could find like gluten-free cookies. You that's, know? that's true. It was definitely different. It's interesting like how much the world has changed when it comes to food intolerance. Oh, yeah. We're a dumpster allergies. fire. Yeah. Yeah. I want it like Sorry. this. No, I'm, I'm still writhing from Emily. <laughs> So this week uh, we're going to chat about <laughs> eating on the job, shift meals, yep. food, yum yum, like all that, all that stuff. I think that, I mean, first and foremost, working at a restaurant, like you want to eat the food there. Oh yeah, but I mean, oh gosh, it's shift meal is it's tough. I mean, you you understand because you work in a kitchen. Yeah, that it's, it's it be, it befalls to the kitchen staff who all they have to prep. They have so much to do, and then they're expected. Yeah, to and stop it's what like usually doing. one person who has to do it for everybody. No, right. Well, 
Yes. I mean, usually, the, at least at the place that I work at, it's not as hard because there's never more than like two servers at any given time and they oh. don't go at the same time. So mm-hmm. it's not as big a deal. But I have worked when I worked front of house, you know, there's that feeling of, could you stop everything you're doing and make my lunch? Because I only have like 15 minutes yeah. to eat and I've got to scarf it down and I know you're slammed, but they broke me right now for some reason. And, and I'm starving. Yeah. And I don't want to have to pay for my own meal because right. I shouldn't have to. Absolutely. Right. So let's break it down because there is like, there's shift meal or at Buka, <laughs> it was called family meal, right? Right. Where the restaurant will, everybody comes together before a shift, typically dinner, because that's when it happens, especially if it's a restaurant that like closes in between lunch and dinner or doesn't even open for lunch and it's only does dinner service. Yeah. Where the kitchen, like Kyle was saying, stops and prepares a meal for everyone to sit down together and eat during pre-shift. And it could be, it's typically like anything that's like on the outs that needs to be, you know, yeah, mm-hmm. it's cooked, the scraps. There's typically salad and maybe some bread if you're lucky. <laughs> rice, but always white rice. Right. But it's free food and it fuels you for your shift. Yes. Yes. And it's a good way to like, I think, sit down and have pre-shift camaraderie. Yes. Yes. I mean, I've worked in both style places. The worst is when it's a place doesn't close in between lunch and dinner or even breakfast and lunch. And they sort of just, so, you know, the kitchen's annoyed because they are trying to either do like a shift changeover, um, and they don't have the time. And I'm a vegetarian, which was, has been a nightmare for me. Um, but they just sort of like put some slop together. And then when you complain about it, it, pits you against the kitchen yeah, like oh how dare you complain about like yeah like i took time to make you that meal and you're complaining about it like be happy i even had time to make you that meal Absolutely. and it's usually like i'm not mad at the kitchen i'm mad at the um owners and managers who don't foresee that you should treat your staff better by giving them actual fuel yeah like for delicious yummy shift. stuff not like a weird casserole with yeah. things that are about to go bad on the, the other walk-in. hand i've worked at restaurants that do break or the best is when they only have dinner service like i will i will say out loud that animal restaurant in los angeles had the best fucking shift meals ever like just delicious gourmet like the the chefs really took pride in like the beautiful like winter soups and like ta- like you know make your own tacos and beef bourguignon and oh my i would like literally break my vegetarian shit just for um <laughs> some shift meals someday that's yeah. delicious that's amazing yeah and for a lot it of us it just made you feel prideful absolutely and for a lot of us who might be on a budget working jobs like this yeah you it's, can't afford it's a free meal oh yeah i definitely when i was broke survived on shift meals because I couldn't afford to eat anything else. Yeah, a lot of people would wait. all day. Yeah, you wait. Like, you you try and catch the lunch shift meal and you try and catch the dinner shift meal so you have, like, two meals that are covered for you. Yeah. When I was managing, I used to do that. I'd eat as soon as I'd get there and then I'd eat right before I left or I'd take it to go. Yeah. Uh, Cafe Sel Marie in Chicago that I worked at did a really cool thing. There was a a family meal of sorts at the beginning of the the night shift Mm -hmm. um, that was... Uh, the chef would make up what the specials were for the night. So you not only got to like taste it, it made you, it, it, they get, they were, you know, enough for everybody to get some of to kind of fuel your shift, but it helped you explain the specials for the night, like yeah. what it was like. Always. And, and uh, that really helped. And I appreciated that. And those were usually like the top dollar items. So, you know, you really got to appreciate how good the food was. Well, that's the, place the point where there's like, there's sparks flying off the plate because everybody yes. is like going at it so quickly. Yes. Too. And they also gave you a shift meal of anything on the menu up to, <gasps> I think, $11. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. So that was your, whenever you could break out during the night, you got, Whoa. you could get like a chopped salad and a, or like a farfalle pasta. The thing is, no matter what it is, if you work at a place long enough, you get sick of it everything oh my gosh it's true but there is you know and and adding on to the whole shift meal topic is you might not have a family meal but you you are allotted an allowance to get yourself a meal of anything off i've never worked at a place that let me do that. i have done that where you do get like one meal and you can either sit or eat it when your shift's done if there's time and do your side work or you can take it with you at the end of the night yeah 
it's difficult. A lot of a lot of the times the restaurants that I've worked in also I have to say when you finally do get also you so first of all they'll put the shift meal out and god forbid you haven't broken in time it's now cold mm-hmm. um you've and it's like the dregs of whatever is left over and then you have to find a place to eat oh in a corner mm-hmm. well and if you're on a on, double yeah. you have to be like can somebody save me some fucking shift meal yeah. and then you have to like hide it in a corner and eat it in your weight station mm-hmm. yeah. yeah that's what i i worked out a system at my old restaurant where if the first person who would go on break cuz they would break us all separately like we wouldn't break at the same time that we would like make sure that we would make delis of shift meal for everybody who was on the team so that we wouldn't like not eat basically. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's just more often than not. It works out this way. You get your shift meal, but you keep, you keep working. Mm -hmm. And so you go up to the table, you get their order, like their drink order. You go back, you prepare the drinks, you take a big fucking bite of your food (laughs) and then you chew it while you take their (laughs) drinks out to the table. Uh And then your next table comes, repeat the same process. The food's slowly getting colder. Um, and that's general, I would say 80% of the time that's how it works. Oh yeah. Or you fingers crossed, uh, uh, like delivery doesn't get picked up and rather than throw it away, the kitchen's kind enough to just be like, you guys can eat this. No, yeah. that's when things get vicious or like there's a garlic bread or there's something or an appetizer <laughs> doesn't Buka, go out. Was there oh my God. Garlic bread? There was a lot of garlic bread at Buka. Thank you. That would like get sent back or maybe someone wanted it with cheese and they didn't get it. And so the kitchen would always like, I mean, it'd be on a table and they would just be like gone, you know, it, because mm-hmm. you're just hustling all night yeah. long too, wherever you work, any like app or screw up. That's like now everybody can get it. There's always, there's like 15 forks surrounding it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, and, and you're always sharing. It's like, no wonder everybody gets sick in a restaurant. Yeah. Like it's it's just you're sharing everything, yeah. And you're using you're always using old delis mm-hmm. that are never properly cleaned. Totally. I mean, it's it's hilarious to me though that like I feel like that behavior doesn't exist or would never exist anywhere else unless I'm sure it's like a cake in an office or something yeah. like that. It's that kind of mentality right. when there's like an app that gets screwed up and it just like spreads through the restaurant. Like there's some fucking calamari back yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like. <laughs> Yeah. It's like telephone. You go down the line, like, just so you know. It's calamari in the back. Or if you're like me, you're like, well, the trash can next to the dishwashing area is full of surprises. <laughs> Have you taken, like, food off plates that you're about to dump, even though oh. you're like, that's perfectly good food? And, like, 100%. Uh, yeah. Without a doubt. I'm glad, yeah. I was, I'm glad you said yes first. Not, not I, even a second thought. I could never do it. <gasps> I've died. Really, I've Brian? eaten... Yeah, I've eaten half a pork chop. I watched uh, Christian Breacher um, when we were at Irwin would eat off every single plate that he took back into the kitchen. Wow. Like it would look there would be nothing on the plate and he'd find something to eat off of it. Are, yeah. there, are there laws against that? Yes. Like, you're not supposed well, not to. Well, not laws, but I think it's just like etiquette rules. I, well, as I long as it's um, not going back out to the customer, I don't like think it violates any law. Trash it. Yeah. I think it's health code shit. I think so, too. Like, you're not allowed to, like, put your, like, mitts on that. Like, now, if there was, like, because at Buka, and this is, you know, we'll keep going um, with the bell. It's not going to stop. Um, people would get, like, huge family-style platters of food. And then, like, they'd be like, oh, we don't want that. And there'd be, like, a half a tray of manicotti left. Mm-hmm. And there's times where I'd be like, I'm going to, I'm packing this shit up yeah, and I'm, like, taking, taking it, it home. home. Yeah, you know? I do have to say, lucky working at, like, the, an Italian restaurant, because I feel like that is w- the one food you really kind of don't get sick of right um well yeah, yeah. That's i mean you I can still really don't go out for italian food i mean yeah, i'm about to go to I'm, fucking italy and it's gonna change everything but like <laughs> i mean I then never, i'm gonna be a, a huge asshole about going for out i for never italian. thought i'd get sick of pizza and it happens so yeah i know there is i i i actually have also gotten sick of i feel like everything. the the one thing i don't get sick of is like a, a salad personally yeah especially there's always like a nice salad to be had you know Mm -hmm. yeah but Um, it's hard to eat salad off of somebody's plate that is not if you're gonna like let's just say there are rules to what you can eat off of somebody's plate like if you've seen that they've clearly cut it with their knife Mm -hmm. and not put it in their mouth yeah fair game totally and i would i would never you're right salad if we're talking specifically about like something that someone's not going to eat french fries yeah, yeah. yeah I've never gotten. Oh. I had a boss that would like he would eat French fries off plates as he was like taking them to his customers. Oh, I've definitely. 
<laughs> in the window, I've definitely taken, or I like smacked the plate with my hand so a fry would fly off. It. Oh yeah, and then been like go. That's like when I worked at uh, I worked at this bakery in Omaha, and like if there were any cookies broken that were in the bakery case, we could eat them. And when no one was looking, I'd break cookies. That's what me oh, and Brian yeah. did. Oh yes, yes, yeah. yes. I'm a cookie monster. Me and Brian were Keebler uh, elves for a, a summer once, and we could take all the damp, the broken product home with us. And let's just but, say, yeah, James would drop them on the ground and they go oops <laughs> it was it's like the scene from office space when they destroy the uh copier the fax machine in the yeah. field with the baseball bat that was done with like boxes of cookies yeah. my <laughs> god and cheese i am um, a place that i worked in new york we did milkshakes and i would always make extra so i would have because of course i always i run on creamy delights um and i would always make extra and they would always be like kyle you really need to learn the proportions oh you're so stupid yeah you idiot understand my grip understand that i am i'm literally like taking you to the fucking cleaners for your yeah, milkshakes also, i'm the one that's been eating all the whipped cream uh, I'm going to read this like little write-in story that we have from an anonymous listener oh my who gosh. does not want to be named. I don't blame you. Jeffrey Epstein. Hey, all Love this podcast. Started listening after I heard about it on My Favorite Murder. Amazing. Um, I'd like to hear your opinion on something. I'm not going to mention where I hail from, for discretion, but my restaurant is currently, currently being taken over by new ownership, and some of the policies seem interesting to me. Part of their operating policy is to deduct a small weekly amount from our paychecks. All go, all tips go into a check. Yeah, also for family meal. Yep, which is uh, only served once a day, and not everyone is scheduled for it. Not to mention, individuals might not be able to eat it due to dietary restrictions, allergies, etc. And apparently, one is not allowed to opt out of this policy, so we're getting charged X dollars a month. For food we might not even eat. Thoughts? Is this shady? It seems so shady to me, but like I've been in the industry since 2014, and boy, do I have some stories. Thanks, y'all. Uh, also, don't say my name. Thanks. Um, anonymous. This is great that we're like on topic with this. I this worked at a restaurant that did that, uh, that took, and um, you can opt out of it. Uh, you should take it up with your manager and say, uh, I'd like to, you know, further investigate. Like, if, if because basically the, if the, they have to then feed you. They just, they have to. Um, and I, I would actually s like ask for a meeting to sit down with your manager and just say, I don't think this is fair. I'd like to look into this more. And you can s say that you know other restaurant groups that do the same thing and they're obligated to feed you mm -hmm. if that's what they're doing. Because mm -hmm. I worked at a restaurant that did that and they weren't feeding us um, uh, I worked at a place where I worked brunch. They weren't feeding us on time. And we, same thing. Of course, they're going to be shady and like not tell you. We looked at our checks and found it and then said either take it off or uh, make sure you feed us every day. And they stepped up. Now, it you can totally opt out of it. That's that's wrong and false. And you can even get a lawyer involved if you need to. I mean, it's it sounds like pennies, but... It it's, adds up so much. It adds up. And Anything comes out of your paycheck. Yeah. Like, and I would also, if you're going to, you, usually if new owners take over, you have like a group, uh, you should ask for like a um, a meeting that for the whole restaurant because yeah. they, they should be doing that anyways. And I would bring it up in front of everybody because it's fucked up. And then well, burn the place to the ground. Mm -hmm. When I talk about like shame, like, eating at like oh. at restaurant like oh, were you like going you into your, a walk-in and shoving food in your face like you're like storing it for winter like a squirrel you oh, know yeah. Oh, um yeah. i one thing springs to mind for me so at cafe Sol marie where i worked with brooke um they would oven bake the bacon on the large um sheet pans and then cool it in this rack and it was always hanging out in the back and you could smell it throughout the restaurant when they were cooking bacon. I would take a napkin, load it up with bacon and eat it in the bathroom. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> I've also eaten things in bathrooms. Oh. Um, the bakery again I worked at, which was, I'll say it, what it was the Lithuanian bakery in Omaha. I mean, this was, was so long ago. 
I would I would get um, slices of they made this Napoleon tort. Kyle, you'd go crazy. It's mm. like puff pastry, like oh, crumbly, you know flaky layers <laughs> with like a vanilla custard and apricot called the apricot Napoleon tort. Get it's out of town. So good. And they would make pre slices of them to like sell individually. And like during my shift, God, I was like nine, 18 or 19. I would like like sneak a slice from like the like the cooler and I'd go in the bathroom and I would like shove the whole thing oh, in. Yeah. yeah. Like that's that's what I think pe- like those aprons are for more than just pens. Uh-huh. Yes. You can store things when uh, when I worked at stand also they had they were, did these mini burgers that would go on top of salads and stuff and I would I would swipe a piece of cheese, I would grab a little mini burger and I would like just like fold it into my apron, <laughs> run to a table, do what I needed to do, then go to the bathroom and eat it. <laughs> You're a little food kangaroo. I listen. There is a, like Kyle will do anything for a buck. Kyle will do anything for a meal. So there's different yeah, oh, places yeah. that you can um, shove food into your face without everyone looking. Bathroom has been checked off. Walk-in cooler. Oh, hundred percent. Sure. I mean, you have to go in there to like refill anything. I'm sure that they just look around. Is there anything you can grab and shove in your face right then and there? Oh yeah. Dude. Um. Also, a fan favorite: closed sections of the restaurant. Like if there's a restaurant oh, that's yeah. dark, that you just you <laughs> lean you <laughs> lean down to pick up something on the floor and you just shove yeah, something you're in your like, mouth. Oh, this section's closed off for the night. I'm just gonna go down and yeah, and you just yeah. shove it on in. Also, the, well, go ahead. Have you ever been caught mid shove though? Oh yeah. Like. You're, you just turn and you see your manager and it's just, and you have to, it's like you're a three-year-old child all of a sudden. So let's do it. Um, like I didn't hey draw Kyle, the walls. Uh, can I, can, uh, when you're done, uh, your table yeah. 205 is looking Whoa. for you. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you can get on that. I will. Um, I saw Kyle eating in the walk-in. No, <laughs> no, that, that I wasn't me. eating. No, 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 no. I was, I was, um. I was, uh, I she just was shoving shredded I Asiago into her mouth. I didn't, I didn't brush my teeth this morning and my teeth feel like they have sweaters on them and I'm, I'm cleaning them and that's the motion that I'm making. I never mouth. grabbed like too much from the walk-in really. James, I know you're the kind of guy that like, I'll fucking eat anything in there. Yeah, right? I'll, I'll, oh. uh, cocktail onions. I went through this cocktail onion phase there. I worked at this place that made mixed drinks. There was this jar of cocktail onions in there. I popped one into my mouth, and it was like I tasted—I tasted heaven. I kept walking back there. I need that little smack of like sour onion in my bat, and they're like, "How are we going through so many cocktail onions?" That's the thing, because nobody fucking order Gibson's orders Gibson's no. like ever. So that's the thing. Like someone had to been eating them. I mean, as I, I would always have to like be like, "Oh fuck, where are the cocktail onions?" and like dig them out from like under the bowels of like where all the like jars of maraschinos were because nobody oh, wanted them. I was going to say my downfall is maraschino cherries. Oh, sure. And Ugh. at one bar when that I doubt, worked have at. Have bar fruit for dinner. Yeah. At one bar I'm I worked. fruit. Yeah. I shoved um, a handful of maraschino cherries, went to a table. They looked at me funny, turned around, and my manager said, go to the bathroom. And I was like, what? And she was like, go to the bathroom and stop taking things from the bar. And I was like, I didn't take, what are you talking about? Walked into the bathroom and I had red dye all over my mouth. Like I, like I had blown Rudolph. Like it was so bad. Rudolph had a red dick? Yeah. <laughs> Actually, the original name of that song was what, Rudolph what you think a, I'm going to say. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. It was ha- so bad. It was all over my hands too. Oh my like God, I just didn't. Kyle. But it was just, I love maraschino cherries, first of all. Also, they're definitely, my liver is bright red. Um, but I love them so much. They're so delicious. Have, has anybody filled <laughs> up a to-go ramekin with ranch and taken it like a shot? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm going to say no. Man, the shame. That was thing about the bar fruit, though, though, that like as oh, a yeah. bartender, I'd be like, get the fuck out of here, you guys. Like, no, but we're just so hungry. Yeah. I'm just so hungry. Yeah. I'd be a lot of and like, especially um, if it's uh, like blue cheese olives that you have to stuff yourself. Oh. Fuck you. That's I spent an true. hour stuffing olives. I don't I like totally blue cheese, Brian. That, I wouldn't those do are that to you. So delicious. They're, oh my God, they're so good. But like, and not everybody has them. So they're, that's precious cargo. That is correct. Yes. And then I'm the bitch that's also like, can I have four blue cheese olives in my martini? I got to a point where I had to say to myself, I'm not allowed to eat during my shift because Mm -hmm. I gained so much weight. Because it, here's the thing when you're, when you're sad at a job that you hate 
and you um, you start to uh, eat because it makes you feel good inside. Mm-hmm. And I gain I gain like a lot, not a lot of weight, but like I'm small and like I packed it on, man. It happens. I was so I would just I would like every little morsel would just be the only thing that got me through a shift. Mm-hmm. Especially if you're the, you know, you get your pre-shift meal, whatever you might eat when you're there, the scraps they have, a little post-shift meal. And Buka did that for us a lot. Like if we had a really busy night, they would make like, they'd make like four pizzas at the end of the night. I mean, Buka and does then not would, sound that bad. No, no, no. It was good like yeah. for that. And then there'd be like, we'd get food at the end of the night too. I mean, they also like, when I worked there, I did Atkins for like a long time and they were mm-hmm. so good about like, oh, like Andrea gets salad. They would cook me a chicken breast without what? like flour on it just for me. When it was my birthday, they made me a fucking cheesecake with Splenda. Like yeah. oh they were so good to me gosh. there. Um, uh, one thing before we move on, and I just want to say that is in this realm and I maybe I'm alone here, but when you work at a place that has soda, Oh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. I didn't even <laughs> like think of that. that. Yes. It's not because ri- you just need a little sugar jolt, but it, you all, it's so delicious. Oh, dude, my God. I, so many sodas. Like Kansas soda, cans of juice. Like, I could just, like, instead of water, just go back, pull out a can of Coke, and just oh. house the whole thing. There was a lot of, like, nights where, and I would drink my water like I should. But I would fucking like uh, destroy a glass of like diet Pepsi, which oh, there was no other time I would Dr. ever drink it. Dr. Pepper. Yeah, yeah Dr. Pepper. D-D-D. Oh my God. That's a special soda to have I on would tap just be like, work. Well, or just a can. I would just be like, I just need a DP and like a deli full of ice mm-hmm. and just to like sip, sip, sip. Heck that yeah. sounds like something you could like take down on a walk in real quick. Just oh, yeah. Go, go oh my God. DP. Oh, yeah. I would walk-in. also, I got to the point where it was, it was like, um, I was feeding like a drug habit where I'd be like, I just want one. So can you split it with me? You just split, split a Coke with me. Yeah. We'll just split a Coke. <laughs> and then you just, you go to another person later. Like you want to split a Coke? We'll just split one. And then, yeah. And they're like, you have red cherry all over your face. <laughs> You're you a psych. And they're like, is that, God, a that was sl- at the cutting room. That was not. <laughs> and then and I was like-, like in a little cocktail dress too. You know what I mean? Like you're asking people to split a Coke. Your face is covered in red cherry. <laughs> then they look down and they're like, is that a slider poking out of your apron? <laughs> yeah, all right. <laughs> Kyle, we found this mug full of milkshake in the back <laughs> with red maraschino lip gloss all over it. Don't you know math? <laughs> I sound like a stray cat. <laughs> it is so funny that you're you turn into this like crazy scavenger. Quarter. I get yeah. a scavenger. It's you know what it is? It's that I want to take because they take so totally. much. From me. I totally I deserve get that. this. I, I totally do. I say that. that to myself all the time, and I'm like, I you do you you've ruined my life so i like i'm gonna take what i can from yeah, you 100 yeah. oh yeah now i just want to know in my heart that i've stolen from them today we're here with miguel pinzon 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 Hi, Miguel. Hi. It's nice to see you. It's nice to see you again. It's great to have you here. Thank you yeah. for having me in the in the space. Yeah. You and Kyle go way back, right? Many yes. moons. Yeah. We have been friends for over a decade. Over a decade. Yeah. Um, we met each other freshman year. Well, before freshman year, in NYU meet and greet. Yeah. Kyle was a. Uh, I think the only other person like asked a question. And uh, she had a very like sort of like large like like flower brooch on her like cardigan, very uh, Carrie Bradshaw. This was Columbia like theater school in New York, right? NYU. We went to NYU. NYU. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How right. dare you? Maybe dare you? Columbia doesn't have a theater program. <laughs> do they not? I don't think no. they do. Wow. I don't think so. <laughs> Equally as expensive though. Um, but yeah, so we met each other, and then we moved in together a couple years later, and lived together for almost. Eight years, nine years. Yeah. Many a uh, like shack of an apartment Aww. in New York, mm-hmm. um, and all the whilst hustling in the service industry. Yeah, we survived our twenties in the New York City dining scene, which is like going to war. Yeah. Well, let's get right into it. Yeah. Like, <laughs> what was your first job in the service industry? Um, at this, re- it was at this restaurant called Good, which was, uh, and it actually was good, which was nice because it's nice when the food is actually yummy. Um, and it was on Greenwich Ave between Seventh and Eighth Ave. It's no longer there. Um, and I remember getting a job there because 
I sort of made the mistake of like, I remember like they had like a very popular brunch scene, which I thought like, oh, I love going to brunch. Like why not get paid to go to brunch? Which is sort of, I think, indicative of like the fact that I had never worked at a restaurant that I thought that Uh way, like because going to brunch and serving brunch is a very it's it, once you got there you're like what have i done yeah what have like i you done signed your own like hell contract and you now work uh, for the devil yeah also like new york city like br- like the brunch clientele they're i think like the most like ruthless people out there like they are so demanding it's insane but um it was this restaurant called good and i had never worked at, in a restaurant before like in my life um so like my resume was like all lies and i th- what was that your fr- you had family friends in florida that owned a restaurant and i remember Quarter deck and we yeah. put them on as references i put them on my <laughs> as my reference like yeah. and they're like don't worry they'll lie for you i can't believe i was hired at this restaurant because like it was upscale it was upscale it was a really nice restaurant they were always busy um it was run and owned by like an older gay gentleman which i think is what really got me in the door who took like pity on me because i remember in that interview he was like so like how many you know tables are you used to like having in your section and meanwhile like i'm like section what does that mean this like terminology and i was like uh you know like 20 20 to 30 <laughs> 30 <laughs> tables and like i have if you know me like i have no concept of time space no nope. like <laughs> volume <laughs> And like that, that, I don't know, that just sort of like sounded like a good number. And like, I remember like sort of looking back, like his like knowing smile of like oh, this poor boy, like he hasn't, he's You're like completely, selling it yeah, though. he's completely lying. And also had I like bothered to like look around the restaurant, there was like 20 tables at most. So like that wouldn't have really made sense, but yeah. And like I, other things he was like, uh, you know, you're going to be working like lunch shifts on your own. Are you prepared to sort of like make coffee drinks and cocktails? I'm like, yep, 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 yep. I, I, I can do all that. I can do all that. And, How old were you? Um, 19. Yeah. And it, it was, I, oh God, I, I don't know how I lasted like a year because I made so many mistakes, but I learned, I yeah. learned a ton of things. Like I learned, you know, how to make like a French 75, like yeah. in the middle of like a lunch shift. Amazing. Yeah. Um, but it is a lot to get into a situation like that where I assume you had your ass handed to you like 100%. several times a day. Several times a day. But I don't know. There was, I, I for the most part, like a kindness to the clientele. That was also a restaurant where you would work these lunch shifts on your own. You'd have like a busser and you and you would just have to make it through. You do and all like, of it. All of it. And mm-hmm. I just remember being like people who would order like who'd want to have that like power lunch and have like a martini i'm like um god i I guess let me try to figure that out (laughs) and like looking in like that like cocktail encyclopedia always encouraging people to have glasses of wine or beer iced teas that's the way i would upsell my checks and then you would have to we would never have a manager there until like the end of the shift when they would show up for the pm so you would just be constantly like splitting checks to sort of like deal with problems and Mm. so like then you would close all your checks out and I'd always end up with like 30 random checks that I didn't know what they were because I had blacked out because I had no (laughs) idea what I was doing and they would have to like sort of like void them all which yeah they were really nice to me there until they fired me I think I served like I served seven years eight years in the service industry i'm seven years clean now which is like (laughs) (laughs) Um, did you go to maracas uh, and then we said we would not talk about maracas oh no we have to just just maracas is a restaurant that it's amazing i i got after that it was my second restaurant job and i didn't tell anyone that i worked there for like four months it was this like mexican multi-level mexican restaurant that was like known for unlimited frozen margaritas oh, which is, is like no don't no one should be having unlimited frozen margaritas like no good can come no. of unlimited frozen margaritas <laughs> so like multi-level unlimited frozen margaritas the interior was as if like a, a gay pinata had exploded <laughs> and so we would get a lot of like bachelorette parties birthday parties and people just loved it because like when you can get just shit bombed and um when it was like time for a celebration they would like rally up the the staff and they would make us wear like those like oversized sombreros yeah um, which normally sounds like totally my brand but like i think the yeah. fact that i, was I mean being if you're forced... trying to stay out of the sun it's one thing yeah. you know <laughs> um the fact that i was being forced to do it was the other thing and so they would turn off the lights you'd have to wear these hats also you had name tags 
So like I, anytime you work at a restaurant <laughs> with a name tag, I think is like indicative of like sort of the, the like the tier yeah. in which it sort of exists. So I went from like fine dining to like wearing a name tag <laughs> and a shirt that said maracas to wearing sombreros, having maracas in your hand, disco balls going on and like having to sing happy birthday to like a table. It was just so embarrassing. <laughs> I love it I so much. It. How much did it cost for an unlimited frozen margarita? God, I wish I could remember. I don't remember that. I mean, it had um, like 20 bucks or something. Yeah. Um, there's also the restaurant I developed IBS, which wasn't like a real IBS, but sort of like IBS is like my cover story as to why Anytime it was like a celebration, I'd be like hiding in the bathroom, which I feel like everyone has that. Be like, sorry, celebrations and singing gives me diarrhea. Um, So Miguel's wearing this amazing like homemade tie dyed shirt, but it's like a lime green and like probably like a strawberry margarita color. It's almost as if you had frozen margarita like dumped all over you. Uh, It's pretty on point. um, Passion fruit, (laughs) just classic lime. that was a restaurant. I think the biggest le- the lesson I learned there was having like agency over not only like the the experience of like the customer, but your experience as a server and how to take care of yourself. Because I remember there was this um, server there who's sort of like a you know poor man's Janine Garofalo from like the Bronx. He was like, "Listen, like <laughs> you need to like control these animals. Like you will not be like." You can't be having them running you around like yeah. an animal. She's like, you don't do one or two drinks or three drinks at a time. You need to tell them, like, we're going to order as a table. When everyone's ready for another round, we will get another round. And, like, she's someone who sort of taught me, like, how to take control. And, like, that's something I carried on, I think, in my other sort of serving experiences. She was the best. Great lesson. She was That was a great lesson. Also to have, like, you have to watch out for yourself and your own safety at a place like that, I would imagine, because people go from, like, Hey, how are you? To like, oh, oh fucking knife you. Oh, like, probably. oh yeah. yeah. It was dangerously close to like, and this is like nothing. Like, I'm not saying that everyone who's like riding the path train is like a terrible person, but like the like the positioning of this restaurant was like near the path train, so yeah. you'd have a lot of sort of like commuters who are getting like blackout after work, um, a lot, and then just sort it, it. You got the police would show up to the restaurant multiple times because people <laughs> would just get unruly and like scary drunk and also multi-level mexican restaurant right and people like falling down like stairs i imagine this place also having like a row of like daiquiri machines like a new orleans bar just look at that like Mm -hmm. yeah like the slushy thing yeah oh yeah for sure Mm -hmm. who's in charge of cleaning those did you have to help clean those out i have never seen those they never saw them cleaned. They, they just weren't cleaned. Got let's, it. Let's got it. Are let's those things called cleaned? They're supposed. Big. I think like nightly, probably. I would imagine they're supposed to be flushed and cleaned, unless there was a night crew that came in to do let's, it. Let's go with that. The next place that Miguel worked was also my favorite place. Uh. Um, I wanted to work there so badly. She but was never hired. I was never hired. I passed her resume on like a Met couple of times. <laughs> I'll see what I can do. It was, <laughs> it was totally. like the happening spot. I also went to every Christmas party because it was such a shit show. Um, I think I mooned people at the Yeah. What was this out. place? Um, <sighs> this restaurant uh, on 7th Ave and 17th in the heart of Chelsea. I went all the um, time. Called Cafeteria. <laughs> At yeah. one point, this restaurant, it was part of like a... It was part of the tour. Yeah, right? it was like in like like a travel books. Like it had a cachet to it at one moment Yeah, in time. yeah. And it was open 24, 24 hours. hours. So they were kind of like the like start of like the boozy milkshake era. Is that them? Yeah, they had boozy milkshakes. Um, I mean, they were like everyone who would come in would also like order like the Cosmopolitan. Cause yeah. of Because it was on Sex and the City on right. an episode. Um it was known for like sort of like their American comfort food. Yeah, but um, a mac and kind cheese. Of a diner style yes. place. Yes. I mean, people didn't really, I but mean, sure, hot. the food was good, right. but people went for l'atmosphere. Right. Yeah. Because um, everybody was there. And yeah, they were yeah, open yeah. All the time. 24 hours, which is like a nightmare for serving servers. Serving alcohol? Like serving how? alcohol till four, like okay. just like in New York. That's uh, basically. We're yeah. Back at like six or something, right? Yeah. Um, and you'd sort of have like the, like it was the crosshairs. So it was like Chelsea. So you'd have like, um, gays, you'd have like PR girls, like meatpacking district, district creatures. Um, 
then you have like Wallace Shawn and just people from the neighborhood and like Chelsea, like anyone who lived in Chelsea at the time, I think were either like extremely rich or like artists who'd been living there for like 30 years. So you'd get like, uh, just sort of crosshairs of like a lot of interesting people. How fun. That was a fun one. And also one where I really came into my power as a server because it was like, it was, was, the staff was like mostly like, like beautiful, beautiful gay men. They were all so pretty. Who were like celebrated for that. And like, you got, we got away with murder. Like I'm like, I'm sure like, I would drink for free all the time. Yeah. (laughs) The mojitos. Drugs. Um, oh, I'm sure. I'm awesome. sure there is a lot of yeah. drugs there. What are you going to do? Got to work that double somehow. <laughs> well, I mean, he he had to work overnight shifts. What when did that shift start? Um the, l- the dinner shift was like 3:30 to like you'd get off at like 12:30, so overnight was like sort of like 1 to like and then you'd be cut off in like either 4 a.m., 5 a.m., 6 a.m. One overnight, I remember uh, so like we'd always get it was dangerously close to the meatpacking district so you'd get a lot of club kids and also a lot uh, near a lot of gay bars so you'd get like a lot of like drag queens and um uh that clientele and i remember these two tables just like not getting along of like sort of like who like i'm trying to think like who this table was like they were like uh like rap impresarios was who this table was. And this other table of like drag queens and like words were being tossed back and forth, like <laughs> not kind words on anyone's part. And I just remember this drag queen, like getting up and being like, fuck all of you fucking animals and like screaming like crazy. Then all of a sudden, like you just sort of like see her reach into her handbag and like through what must've been like seven bottles of poppers. They all broke <gasps> like the six tables around got like instantly high and she just sort of like, like left and like jumped into a like cab. Like the poppers like yeah. left a vapor of smoke and yeah. she disappeared like a yeah. magician. Exactly. And I, everyone was just like, whoa. And I just remember like that is the way you not only like skip out on a check. but That was you, like her Dragatov cocktail. It's like, well, I can, that's the best joke I can yeah. think of. Like, <laughs> I mean, Dragatov you know, cocktail. That's you know, amazing. I literally went, and what is the pun going to be? Fucking poppers are crazy. Yeah. Like anybody who doesn't know what poppers, it's basically like a uh, sniffing glue. It's yeah. like, it's like inhaling a Sharpie. Um, 30 second high. It takes over your head. It like you all of a sudden feel like overheated and like a hot air You're balloon. Like, and, yeah. It's chemical. Like, so imagine that I'm mean, everybody, oh, yeah. the whole restaurant for hours must've been. Yeah. The whole night was ruined. The whole night was ruined, but it added atmosphere, which is why people went to the restaurant. Right. To <laughs> you ever worked at a restaurant where they give you a uniform that is just, you're set up to fail. Like this makes no sense. Like, why are you like cheesecake factory? Like, why is everyone wearing white? Yeah. Because like, it's a cult. Like, you know, oh, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. But like for a restaurant with so many sauces, like it's like, you're like, what do you mean? We'd have to wear these brown polyester pants, uh, which polyester does not breathe. And they were like brown straight leg polyester pants. Which the bottom no, half of a leisure suit. Yeah. No one looks good. in. so here you have like this, like your cute gay staff, like just sort of like not looking their cutest in these brown polyester pants. And I remember I started working at that restaurant in like the, like the dead of New York city summer where you are sweltering. And at one, one shift, I remember like being like, Oh my God, like my inner thighs are raw. They have like the heat factory that was happening down there. Like it was like, I couldn't like, I like was, you know, wobbling around and like, I had to go up to my manager and be like, I need to be cut. Like I need to like lay down. I need, I am like, he's like, what's going on? I was like, like my inner thighs, like they are raw. And he's like, yeah, you got Carpaccio. I was like, excuse Carp- me. He's like Carpaccio, the thighs. He's like, it happens to like all the new servers, you know, the pants don't breathe. Uh, so, and then he opened up the host drawer and he gave me like gold bond, like ointment. And yeah. I was like, I can't believe like, this is like something you're prepared for. Like, this is something that's happened to other people. And he's like, yeah, he's like, until your body gets used to it. And I was like, shouldn't like the gold on ointment come with a uniform? Right. Or should we just change the pants to a breathable fabric? Correct. They want you to look like stiff. I know. They held on to that uniform. I don't even think they ever changed it. No. And you were there for a long time. And to like the image of like being in like the handicapped bathroom with like your pants around your waist, like put like putting gold bond ointment on your thighs so you can get through a brunch shift is 
it well, scars like we're scar- women, so no matter what we wear, I think sometimes if you choose to do use wear a skirt yeah, or anyone, yeah. if women or not who chooses to wear a skirt while working True. the brunch shift, you do have to have a little extra grease down there yeah. if you have a little oh, thigh yeah. shave. I mean, and um, now they make really nice little uh, like, like deodorant. deodorant sticks. And it's Coma? runners. Yeah. And you can just you put it right in and it creates a barrier. Because you know, if you're wearing a skirt oh, wow. and you're walking around all the time, your same you thing got, are where was this size. 10 years ago. It was, it I did because I had to go to like sports authority and get it for the summers. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's great for travel. Just like, actually, I need I to just get some. Like, the gold bond should come with a uniform. Yeah. yeah. Or at least like, like a, what's a way you'll understand, like you'll understand why you're going to use that later. The first time I decided to try Xanax was in the middle of a dinner shift which is like so counter to what should have happened so i mean also like i didn't know what xanax really did at the time which to work at like a high pace like it was fast restaurant and like be like ooh, moving in slow motion yeah was that's not- when you, it's not, you need xanax at a shift when you take a quarter of it when you're hung i, know, I took like the whole thing i took yeah, the whole yeah. bar as they used to say um and but this also again this was a restaurant that gave the server so much power like you could say anything to a table like i was honest with my table it was like hey guys like i'm your server today we're gonna have a great time but things are gonna be moving really slow because i just took xanax for the first time and people would be like oh my god how fun like here's a pile of money yeah and so they were like cool they're like awesome because yeah again people just went for the atmosphere not really the food so (laughs) But was the food, the food was good? The food was good. Yeah. Like sort of. I mean, I, yeah, I liked the watermelon and blueberry salad that, that the, with feta or something. There was no blueberries, but yeah, watermelon okay. feta shrimp. Well, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I but don't it was remember. probably like a lot of like basic, like omelets, Yeah, it, milk, it was salad, just nice because like Love. when we would be out, we'd be like, and, and at the end of a night, where do you go? Oh, we'll go to yeah. cafeteria because we knew it was always open. We knew we could always wrangle free food and you know it's always gonna, you're always gonna have entertainment from other oh yeah patrons and, it was, and, yeah. and it was a restaurant which at the time i mean because of its sort of like a its popularity it gave also like i think it gave you as the server like a feeling of yeah you're power like, like oh yeah in and everybody I'm getting saddened right away i mean i'm yeah. sure the music was the line. a little too loud as well right music yeah overnight good. there was a doorman Oh yeah, yeah. It was that sort it of was, situation. I had so much fun there. I wanted to. I wanted to work there so badly. You were an honorary server there. I even was. You never much. employed. That's yeah. more fun, actually. Yeah. For you to come in and everybody be like, "Oh my god, Kyle's here. She's the best." And yeah. then you're like, it was yeah. "Nice." You're a VIP in their eyes. Mm-hmm. The restaurant is, where it's fun enough where you want to go, go there on your off shift, or you're the friend rare. who can just be at the bar oh, and like yeah. drink and like. Those were like, that was a sweet spot to not actually be working, not be employed there and just be sitting at the bar, like reaping all the benefits of your friends. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Did you guys have the opposite of that, that you had a restaurant she worked at where you were? Stand 4 a.m. That burger joint because oh, I love burgers. Yeah. And they had a burger happy hour where you'd get like it was everything was a twofer, like two milkshakes, two burgers, all for the, the price of one, two beers. Like, everybody yeah. needs all that. That was also I mean, a place I did where I could say whatever I wanted. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, that's where you fell into a vat of uh, coleslaw. Yes, that has been talked about several times. Tumbled yeah. down the stairs what into was, like a big. I'd like to hear your perspective of that story now that we have you. Of like, were well, you guys living together when it happened? Yes. Um, yes, we were living in that I was, up New York City apartment that did not have a uh, sink, right? No, I think that's when we were in the fourplex that was like in a basement. Like not one oh. sink in the whole apartment. We moved into okay. this apartment and then it was at the end of like moving in that we're like, oh God, we can't had wait to brush day. my teeth. We and we, I go into the day. bathroom and I was like, Kyle, there, where, where do I brush my teeth? There is no sink in this bathroom. We were so frazzled into finding an apartment that we didn't Both realize. tears crying, mind you, middle of December. I mean, yeah, middle of January. We had one day, we had not found an apartment. We walked into this one. It was the cheapest one we could find that wasn't, like, disgusting. Also, we didn't notice that the apartment was on a slope. Like, yeah. Also, like, we spilled something and, like, everything went, like, like, oh, yeah. to the right side of it the was, apartment. It was, we, we did not trash that apartment, but we did... Like you didn't not trash, trash it. it. Yeah. yeah, we we yeah. did not get our security deposit back. That was Her, the time Kyle worked at that burger joint. Where so she the coleslaw happened. Did she there. come home? Were you home when she? I like in memory. It's such a vivid memory that I want to say I was there, like sitting at the bar drinking, eating my two for one. No, because it was I wasn't. just Colton and I at the end of the night. That's oh, what like was the bad thing during your sexy times. Yeah, 
Kyle dated the man, her manager at the time, which was a no-no. Right. Which is what his name was actually Colton Bats. Coleslaw. Col- I look- never even put that together. Yeah, I don't think he'll ever listen to this. Colton Bats. You're not going to edit that out. Colt- Coleslaw. Colton Slaw Bats. He was. Uh, look, oh. I looked very bat-like in terms of like. It was. Does he sleep upside down? He was sort of like. He only wore spooky. black, like really fitted Chris Angel like suits. Hmm. Like, he looked like he was the Babadook, hmm. you know? Lots of, like, Friday the 13th. And you're like, and I wanted tattoos. him. Tattoos. Yeah. And I wanted him. He, oh, yeah. He rode a skateboard. He put the... Uh, flat ironed his hair. Yeah. Oh, hello. Which was the most... And, turns out, was a representation of grief the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> Here's a tip. Um... I always like to have uh, like a handy reservation in my pocket. Like just make reservations for months out just to have them and put them in your calendar book. And like, it's always fun to just sort of like gather, like make them for four people. And then like when you, like I always forget about it. And then you have like sort of like an impromptu, like, oh my God, hey, Kyle, what are you doing? Hey, Andrea, what are you doing? I've made reservations at this like restaurant that you can never get a table at. And like, let's go. Um, It's it's wonderful to be Miguel's friend. I love that. Yeah. You have to put it in your address book because then you sort of forget. Right. So make it, write it down, set a reminder. Um, but yeah, that's a tip. That's amazing. Miguel, thanks for being here. Thanks for having me, guys. Yay. It's my BB. Here's a tip. If you order something to go, don't then eat it in the restaurant. Oh, couldn't <laughs> agree with you more. And if you do do that, the... The restaurant or establishment should be able to have a shirt that they put on you that says... A dunce cap. And a dunce cap, but the shirt says, I am the same as Hitler. (laughs) Hey guys, fun news about Sidework Podcast. You can now listen to us exclusively on the Himalaya app and anywhere else you're already streaming your podcast. But if you listen to us on Himalaya, which is a free app you can go find in your app store and listen to everything else you already normally listen to, we start to get paid, which helps us continue to bring you fun content. Plus, we're going to start doing bonus content for people who want to pay a little extra for live streaming videos, special episodes, maybe some tickets to some live shows we're going to start doing for servers only. All right, you guys are the best. Thanks again for listening and check out Himalaya.